0: Discover how to align your business with your unique superpowers with my guest, Renee Bronze, on this episode of the Enough Already podcast. Had enough? Ready to turn your career into your own consulting and coaching business? You're in the right place. I'm Betsy Jordan, and with my background as a consultant, entrepreneur, and personal brand builder, I'm here to give you inspiration and guidance to own your brilliance, shape your brand, articulate your message, and get seen and paid as the expert that you already are. This is enough already, the place for consultants and coaches to learn how to create businesses and lives that they love. So welcome to the show, Renee. I'm so glad to have you here today with me. um and we're at a very exciting milestone because your website's about to launch. Yes. So before we get started, um, I would love for you to share just you know a little bit about you know who you are and what you do, and we'll talk about your story. Fantastic. Well, thank you for having me and uh, asking about that. It is
1: a very exciting time. A lot of energy and effort has been put into really figuring out my path forward. Um, My story is I came from an association background, actually a business background before that, and spent a lot of time working with a lot of different individuals in different roles and really had done that throughout my entire career and landed in an association space, which is a world that I didn't really know a lot about initially, but fell in love with. Uh, It's an area where you really have a lot of mission-driven organizations. You have people who wanna make a difference in their communities, you know, it's the nonprofits and they're helping societies at every level. Um, There's an association for everything. And so I really loved what they were trying to do with helping the society, helping their communities, but also running as a business and uh, really making a difference. And so I've got into that field and was fortunate to be in an organization, a large organization of about 40,000, 44,000 members, um, over 250 volunteers, 100 staff, um, and 11 member board and started out at just a coordinator level, working on sponsorships and working with industry uh, to where I really got to a, a high level working as The associate executive director and getting to see the day to day and all the different departments, but really the strategies and the alignment and dealing with individuals and took that passion. Of wanting to share that with smaller organizations um, and more organizations, because I really loved that bringing people together, I loved building really strong foundations because I found that no matter what kind of program, whether it's a membership, communication, you name it, whatever program you have in place, if you didn't have strong foundations and you didn't know what your mission was, and you really didn't know what your objectives were or your priorities um, or what the other groups were doing and weren't able to communicate, those programs were often one-offs and they weren't often sustainable. And so my goal is to really come in and, and help these leaders who one hand doesn't know what the next hand's doing, the board has one idea, the volunteers have an idea, you know, the staff think they know what they're going to do. And then, you know, you have your member sitting there saying, well, this is for me, and these are the the needs and resources that I have. So I decided to leave that organization and uh, working with you have been building my own business. And as you said,
0: I'm very close to being able to launch my website with all of my services. So it's really interesting. So it sounds like then you grew, so you were drawn to associations throughout your career, worked in a lot of roles, moved yourself up to a leadership kind of role, and then decided like, hey, I really believe in this foundation. I believe in associations. I believe we need to have a strong foundation. And now you want to help other associations grow to the association like yours. Why would you, what made you decide that you wanted to have your own business rather than becoming you know, an associate director of a smaller agency or becoming the director of a smaller agency? What made you decide, I want my own business?
1: You know, I really had to spend some time figuring out what what it was. And I think just really tapping into my ability to work with a lot of different individuals and knowing that there was a need out there. um, There's a lot of organizations that could use assistance and help. And I think what I really wanted to do was be that person who could come into an organization, bring all of my strengths and my superpowers of aligning people and being able to communicate and share visions and share those strategies in accountable ways and in sustainable ways so that they then can work on their own. So for me, the idea of going in and helping somebody out so then they can take the ball and run with it and then be successful on their own. Really was intriguing to me rather than just going into an organization, which would have been appealing as well, but really getting in and helping them grow and learn and, and succeed on their own. Um, that ability to do that and work with a lot of different groups and a lot of different people. Um, my saying has always been as long as I'm learning, growing, and making a difference, then things are good for me. And if I can share that with others and get to do that with a lot of different people, um, I just knew that would be what would make me happy. And uh, it has like, it's something that I'm really enjoying getting to learn a lot of different industries and learning a lot about different associations. And although they all run very similar um, you know, obviously their passions and their hearts and what they do for our communities is so different. And so it's been really um,
0: rewarding for me to have that experience. So I'm hearing three things in what you just shared. So one is it that you saw the need in the smaller Smaller organizations is definitely one, and it sounds like you also had a vision for the role of a consultant rather than a leader. That you like the idea of coming alongside somebody and equipping them to be able to do something rather than owning it. And then it sounds like the third part that appealed to you is bumping around to different companies and having all of that variety seems to be the big drivers for you.
1: Yeah, no, I think those are absolutely the three um, three er- the three reasons why I really have decided to do that, and. Yeah, I, I've done those other roles. Right. I, I did the work in a lot of cases. I worked my way up, you know, into leadership roles. So I got to do a lot of things. So now working with others and empowering them to be able to do it and has really been, um, yeah, kind of a dream
0: for me. So it's like the logical next step for your career. You were looking for the next step, not a repeat of what you've already done. Exactly. Exactly. So did you have any fears or trepidations about going out on your own? Oh, definitely.
1: Um, we, you know, when you start thinking about that, it's that first thing is that self-doubt. Can I really do this? Do I really have the knowledge and the skills? Um, can I really help people the way I want to help them? And really, for me, one of my fears was just not knowing how to go about it. Um, I, you know, hadn't really been, haven't owned my own business. Um, yeah. So being in an organization, it's a lot different. You have a lot of the same you know, processes that have to be in place, but now it would be on me and setting that up. And so I think the not knowing for sure how to do it, but the desire was there. And then just really spending some time thinking about how I have made a difference and how I have been able to help people. And I think that self-reflection is very difficult. Um for me, that was one of the things I said I could sell. The association. I can sell anybody else. Like as long as I'm talking about others and what they can get out of it, I was always I was always great with that. But then to take that reflection back and and really try to hone in on what are those skills that I do on a daily basis that I don't realize are that critical or that telling or that are extraordinary. Right? Like we all think that what we do is how everybody reacts or how everybody um, interacts with other people and you know, through a lot of conversations and really self-reflection, learn that no things that I was doing and conversations that I was having that ability to bring people together and get them to communicate and really rally around a cause um, is a unique skill. A lot of people can do the process part or the detail part of it, but to be able to have both the high level strategy, but then also understand the detail and then be able to describe it in a way that everybody can understand and get excited about it, um, that turned out to be a skill of mine that at the time I didn't even realize. So for me, it was getting over the out, that imposter syndrome. Can I really do this? Do I really have the skill set to,
0: to make a difference? So it's like there's a fear of the unknown, but a lot of it is the fear of the unknown around how do I do this? And really the fear of being the brand. It was easier to hide behind somebody else's brand. So it was like the counterbalance. So it seems like the antidote to, you know, can I really do this and the imposter syndrome and being the brand was for you to get clarity on Uh, what your uniquenesses were. So let's talk about like, you know, in our work together. So one of the things that you identified early on is, so the, the who you wanted to serve, the associations, I don't know if that was ever not clear or did you feel like, the who was unclear at some point.
1: Well, I I felt the who was pretty clear. I think there was a point when I tried to expand it beyond like, you always I think that's a danger of going into your own business of being um, having that scarcity mindset that I've got to broaden it so much because what if, you know, I don't get enough clients. And so I think the only time was kind of going through the process, I started to expand too much, but associations and that nonprofit space was always my who um, from the get go. I just, wobbled a little bit there in the middle. (laughs) Um, But once I came back to that, you're right, it was really more about getting myself into what, yeah, what are those next steps? And what do I need to know as far as what are those steps that are going to be needed? Um, How do I serve these these members? What do they really need? Um, And then how do I use their language or what they're asking for, what their needs are, and translate it in a way that they can understand or that I'm I'm fulfilling their needs? Because the one thing I found, and you were so helpful with this, is it's not about me. Even though it's my brand, and even though it's my name, you know, my and my base is on the website, it's not about me. It's about helping and serving and providing value to to my clients. And so once I got sort of past some of that, it became so much easier uh, to really focus because when it's about helping other people, you know, I'm on. Like I could do that all day long. Uh, so once I took
0: that away from what I was doing I became much much more comfortable so it's interesting so there's a couple things that I want to follow up a little bit so you've always been drawn to associations so that was an obvious one but there was the temptation to deal with the scarcity so how did you resolve the scarcity fear and just go and stay true to the the audience that you wanted to serve how did you overcome that scarcity
1: Well, I think it was from the conversations um, that we've had that, you know, there are, I mean, when I really sat down and looked at the number of associations that are out there, small associations, I mean, they're in the the thousands, tens of thousands of them. And so I think what I had to do was really realize that having a niche and really honing in was going to provide a lot more clarity for them of what I could provide and really provide clarity for me on what my strengths are. I think trying to broaden it, I was getting a little bit uh, less strategic and less clear on my own um, on what it was I was going to be doing. So I think it was just really realizing that oh my gosh, when you really sit down and look at it, there are more associations out there than than I could even possibly imagine or take on or help. Um, so I think it was really that, and then just going back to why I always loved what I did. And it really was that association. And at the end of the day, you know, being a part of something bigger um, than myself. So once I got back to that, it was like, okay, yeah, this, there's enough out there. And um, I may not be the best fit for everybody either. Right. And so that was the other thing was that I did, I don't have to be the right fit for everybody. Um, And there are going to be some that we work together better than others. And that's through all of our processes that we learned you know, with you was just even going through some of the discovery and having the conversations, You know, fit is really a critical piece of it. And so, um, so I think it was a combination of those things of really understanding that one, I can't serve everybody anyway, um, and there are plenty of them, um, but also knowing that um, where I'm going to be most valuable, where I'm going to be able to provide the most help is gonna be those organizations that are in that association space.
0: So these are great tips around the scarcity. I really want to hone in on these for those who are listening, because I know a lot of my clients and you people that you were in on our masterminds with together, we all deal with the scarcity at some point, but it seems like there's a few very specific tactics that you went back to. And one, you really put some logic to it and data. So you replace the fear with truth and you identified that there's this many associations that are out there. And then the other thing is just really clarifying, you know, who you really do do great work with and that you could be more clear and really dealing with that. I think those are just some really easy to implement. Like if you're dealing with scarcity, just replace it. And I think that that's so true. I remember yes. when I was in the similar boat, when I was, when I, if I, now I think about what I do with my clients and with people like you, I wish I would have done that for myself because when I was consulting, I was working with a ton of different organizations and, but I come out of a hospitality retail background. I grew up in retail. My dad had a shoe stores and my, um, you know, my Disney background. I don't know why yeah. I didn't specialize in hospitality and service-based businesses, because that's what I love. That's what I grew up with. And I think I could have been so much more successful. So that was one part of your positioning too, is just choosing that and say, I'm gonna own this niche. And you can imagine too, from the association standpoint, when you're talking to potential clients now, how do they respond knowing that you specialize in them versus being a generic strategy consultant?
1: Absolutely, I think it gives them the the confidence um, that, that it is going to be specific to them, that the experience is there, um, that I can relate with other organizations like them because I know that you know they tend to look at one another and compare associations to, to associations. And so knowing that that really is where my strength is, is really understanding that and understanding it is a different world than business. It is a different um, animal when you've got board members and you've got volunteers, both of which are your members and they're paying dues to you. Like I, that was one thing I used to always tell my staff was just that remember their members first. And so I think by having that mentality into my business has been really helpful to
0: stay true to what my passion is. So you chose a positioning strategy on one level as you wanted to go for the smaller, smaller associations that may not have, you saw the market opportunity there and the specialization on associations. But we also talked about a differentiation for you around your gifting and your skill sets. So Mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about your journey of discovering what your superpowers were, because I know that that was a challenging journey for you. I think that was the more, more of your sticky point of coming back to that. So talk a little bit about your journey of discovering like, wow, I'm really good at it. And how did you, how did you uncover it? And then how did you own it?
1: Yeah, I think that was a really, uh, you're right, sticky point for me to really be able to own that. Um, And what I think it started with is the process of going through and really going back. I remember you asked Digress for a moment, but I remember you asking like what you would be able to help by knowing what I played with as a child or how I interacted as a child. And I remember thinking, how is that going to help me with defining myself and my services and my business? And so I went through the exercise of thinking back to when I was a child and what did I play with and how did I interact and who was in my life at that time and where did I grow up? And you had a whole process that I think took you all the way through college and to where I was at that moment. And it was really interesting because certain themes came out of that, and one of mine was—I um, think we referred to it at one point as like a shape shifter, but in a good way, meaning that I can work with a lot of different people in a lot of different environments. And so I could go from playing strawberry shortcakes to playing Star Wars, you know, with my my cousin, you know, who's like a, another brother to me. And that theme came up time and time again of all the different interactions I had and different friends I had over the years. And I was always able to be the one that really understood what they needed and was able to communicate that and able to provide that. And so through that, I think that's where one of my strengths of really working with people um, and being able to, even in conflict situations, most people think it's crazy and why would you even enjoy doing that? But it's working through those issues and coming out on the other side and Working together as teams, it, it just lights me up, and um, I didn't realize that until really sitting down and and having someone else kind of point that out to me because that was just that's who I was, you know. I was the youngest of five kids, and you know, I mean, there was just a lot that went on, you know, and and I never really thought about my relationship to others and how that helped me succeed in all of my roles and all and um, every job that I had and, and into my career. So um, yeah, so it was a really unique um, process to go through and. I now understand why we went back and, and really looked at that. And I could see the influences that have
0: brought me to where I am today. I think it was interesting. One of the times we were talking about all of this, it was, I think around Thanksgiving or something along those lines. And you were talking about, or your mom's birthday, and you were talking about the role you were playing where you're helping your mom and bringing everybody together. And it's like, see, yeah. <laughs> this is what you do all the time. So it's relevant because it's the way you've always been. Exactly. Exactly. So So, yeah, that was a big aha. (laughs) So there's the two things that you said about your skill set. So it's like bringing the groups of people together and being able to shape shift into, you know, into the different types of, you know, being able to relate to a lot of different kinds of people were two aspects of it, but there's also a strategic side to where that was. So we have those two elements. How did you weave in the strategy side to this whole thing?
1: Yeah, so that was one thing that um, as I was looking back in the areas that I've helped and, and when I was looking back kind of what, what differences I had made, one thing that I really like as much as I love detail and I start out in a very detailed roles, but what I really enjoyed was being able then to take it to that next level and really saying where do we go from here and how do we get there and what's going to need to happen now to be able to do that. And so I think throughout my career, as I went into these different roles, I would find myself always the one looking towards that future and that strategy. And what are the things we needed to be put into place so that we can be sustainable? And so while I was good with details, the other thing that would often get mentioned to me is that I also was able to see that bigger picture. And I was able to see change and what might need to happen. And again, change is not a comfortable place for most people. But when you have a plan and you understand each person's role and the detail side, then you really have as much stronger um view for where you wanna go and that mission or the vision or whatever it is that you're looking for. And so I think by being able to communicate and work with a lot of individuals and really understanding their pain points, what's working for them, what they what they like to do, but then take that step back and look at the big picture and see how those pieces fit together. And one of the things I'm most proud of in the past was just really helping the entire team see that big picture because we all tend to get in our zone of here's what I'm working on, here's what I'm working on day to day. And we forget to take that step back and see how we're impacting others or how we're helping our organization. And once they started to see how what they were doing was helping the association meet its goals and then how it was helping the doctors meet their goals and like it just all laddered up. And once they saw they were part of that ladder the, the amount of effort they put into things and the joy they got out of it, because for me, it's it's about the organization, yes, but it always starts with the people and the relationships. And if I feel like I'm doing something well and I can see that it's contributing to a larger factor, I'm just going to be more fulfilled and I'm going to want to do more. Um, and so it really was being able to to have those conversations and help people see kind of beyond that next step uh, so that they're always engaged and wanting to do it. And that's a big, you know, key is making sure people understand and
0: get buy-in and they have to be able to see where they're going to be able to do that. So as you're describing this, we definitely hit on the right label for you as the organizational alignment person, Yes, because I a picture you playing with your strawberry shortcakes and you were probably placing all the, all the little strawberry shortcakes into their particular role so that they were going to go on the adventure that you wanted That's to go right. on. So now you go into these associations and all the little people go into all the right roles so that they can go on the adventure that they're supposed to go on. So That's it's right. getting everybody to work together. Yeah. They're all, all the same. Yeah, always. <laughs> so it's just, we just put business terms onto the way you used to play with your strawberry shortcakes. Exactly. Exactly. Amazing. <laughs> so I love this whole idea though, like really making an, uh, a differentiation, like really where there is no competition is th- mm-hmm. that there's so many levels. Like you could say, well, there's a lot of other consultants that that help associations, but none of them that really specialize in the way that you do. Um, And especially the the smaller ones trying to build up that platform. But then the real differentiation is you take that combined with your ability, since associations are such a relational place. Like, it's not like you're dealing with, I mean, this whole, your whole, the whole business model of an association is all based on relationships. So it's putting all of the relationships into place and making sure that everybody kind of knows their role in the show. That's your... That's your that's your superpower.
1: Absolutely. And I think really personalizing it. I think a lot of times and, and, you know, that's what I heard and that's what I experienced um, is there a lot of times it wasn't personalized. Right. Here are the theories. Here's the best practices. And that works to a degree. But if you can't explain it to your employees, how it's going to help this association, how it's going to help our members, it really doesn't um, have lasting impact. And that's one thing I think with the relationship being so important. Um, love that. And that's that that definitely is something that that um, inspires me, but also that piece of really wanting to go in and make sure that they understand and then they can take it on themselves. So for me, it is also that sustainability. And I, I know so many times it's not that right. It's not personalized or it's so complex. And there's so many steps that they're like, I Don't have the staff or the time or the power to do this. Well, I don't want to be that person that comes in and has to handicap them. I want them to know here's what they can do and here's the steps they can take, even with limited resources and even with limited time, and by prioritizing. And so, I think for me, that's the other piece of it is really making sure that they're going to be able to take this on on their own. And and I think that also makes me very unique because a lot of times it's let's let me keep coming back. And yes, if that's what they need, obviously, but I really want to be able to help them because, as we talked about, plenty other um, groups out there that can benefit um, and they are able to do it on their own. They're going to be so much more successful and serve so many more communities than otherwise.
0: Yeah. So in there, there's two two differentiations that you're also adding in there. So there's several differentiations. So one is focusing on associations, smaller growing ones. Obviously, there's this organizational alignment piece and identifying that that particular superpower and using that. But now you're talking about the way that you approach it with your clients. There's also these two other things is you also provide a very personalized approach, which makes you different than a lot of the big box and other firms. A lot of consultants people worry about is, well, how do I compete against the Bains and all the other ones? Like, well, this is how you compete with this is the personalization. But then this other thing I think is really interesting is your approach is 100% about transfer of knowledge and skills. Like it's about the transfer rather than the dependence on you. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if you bring that out when you're talking to your clients, like I'm going to be really intentional about about providing this transfer of learning because I don't want you to depend on me. I teach a man to fish, you know, they'll eat for, a, you know, or give a guy a fish and he'll eat for a day, you know, teach him yes. to fish. You're the teach him a fish kind of person. You yes. know, do you do you share that at any point in time or is it just kind of so embedded that you haven't really thought about, you know, how important uh, that no, is? No, I,
1: I, I think it's a great, a great point. I think it depends a little bit of who I'm talking with and what they've got going on at the time. Um, you know, if it's sort of a lead in, where they just need help one project right now but then they haven't maybe seen the bigger picture yet um, but yeah I do definitely talk about that because for me you know the keys to success are that that accountability and I know a lot of organizations they really struggle there and to be able to have that sust- sustainability you have to be able to have that knowledge and be able to have processes in place to do all those things and so it is something I've been leaning into because as I've had more and more conversations that is what they're they're looking for right they don't want something too complicated they want something that can be repeatable um, especially because of the the way that you know associations work when you have different board members coming in and out and you know we got to be able to make sure that at the staff level or at the association's core level we're able to continue meeting the the board's needs and and our members needs um, but also moving everything forward that we need and so um, it is something that i've been spending a lot more time on than it's really Trying to be intentional about how I'm coming in. How can we, in you know, work together to find out what it is you're needing? um, But then, how do we place it in the organization? Get everybody's buy-in so that they then can take it on themselves, and it's not overwhelming. I try to really do it. You know, it can be easy, not always um, simple. Sometimes there's a lot of steps involved, but you know, it's easy to do. But you have to be able to to break it down into pieces, then that can be repeatable. So yeah, that consistency approach and making sure they understand that's what my role is. And again, you mentioned earlier about walking alongside them, um, not working for them is, is a really
0: key distinction. So this this uh, description of what you do and the value of what you do, it just flows out of you. The words are there. But it wasn't always that way, especially when we were working on your website copy. You know what was it about that process that was so hard for you, and how did you get to where your the words were stuck in your mouth to where you are now, where they're just flowing out of you?
1: I think for me, it was still that unknown, uh, occasionally still running into that imposter, and just my personality um, of needing to be perfect. So the. Progress over perfection was something I had to try to remind myself time and time and time and time again, because it was something that although I I went through the process and I would take the steps, there were just times I would just hit a block. And while I'm able to talk about it now, and as you know, and and share and we my could, and we could joke about it now, but we couldn't then. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't. It it was a serious thing then. Um, yeah, no, it was something. That <laughs> it was really hard for me to. I really struggled with the wording and how to write it. And it was always easier to me like, oh, if I just, someone gets on the phone with me, I can talk to them. It's gonna be great. But it was finding those right words and thinking there was a perfect answer and the website had to be perfect from the get go. And I did, I really struggled with wrapping it around. I knew what I wanted and I kind of knew what I thought I could help with. Like you were talking about like, I'm not the membership program expert. Could I do that? Yes. Are there a lot of other organizations there that can do that better because they have big databases and they've? You know, yes. Um, so how do I make sure that I still talk about the impact of membership because everything I do leads to growth and leads to membership um, of, the, of um, new and or existing? Um, but how do you share that? And so yeah, there were lots of times I just hit a wall and I I don't know. There's these different pages. I got so wrapped up in the. Semantics of it, in the layout of it, how it was supposed to look. Um, so for me, I just got caught up in that instead of taking a step back and just trying to figure out like what is it? I'm, I'm, I really do. Um, and then it was just writing, writing, writing. Whatever it was, whether it fit on a page or didn't fit on a page. Some I had to get away from the outlines and trying to think through all of it and just take a step back and just like, okay, what does this look like? And then pick up on the things that meant something to me. I went back and looked at a lot of the interviews I did with people I'd worked with in the past or other associations and what words were resonating with them. And so once I took the pressure off of myself, um it it seemed to flow much better.
0: Yeah, those are some really great best you're full of like amazing best practices that are condensed. So obviously you're an excellent teacher. But um for sure the whole idea of like letting go of the perfection and stepping back and And I think some of the things that we talked about is like, just talk to them. Like, just remember who you serve on the other side. Like people get a lot of, get caught in their head about like, I don't know how to talk about myself and I don't wanna talk about myself. And I keep emphasizing with them. It's like, it's not about, you're not talking about yourself. You're talking about what you're gonna do to help somebody. It's about connecting those dots. And I think that got you somewhat over, but I think there is a little bit of an overwhelm between I need to figure out what I wanna say And how do I say it? And copywriting is not the same as corporate writing, you know, or even book writing or content writing. It's just, it's a very different process writing for copy. And so there was probably a little bit of a learning curve that we worked hard on reducing so that the learning curve got less so you could focus more on the messaging. Definitely. And I think that's one of the challenges. Um, You asked earlier on about going
1: into my own business. Like that is one of the challenges, right? Is really thinking through, you're used to being sort of the expert, you're used to knowing everything. And now you're coming into something that's so new, you know, I had to do a lot of proposals and writing and things in the past. But when it's for a web, and it's when it's for, you know, a new business, and when it's for consulting, like, you're right, it's such a different writing process, it's a a different mindset. Um, And, you know, I still struggle with that, I'll be honest, you know, the it's not about me, it's about what I do for them. And as long as I'm always keeping that in mind, I'll, I'll I'll be fine, but I think it is that coming in and feeling like I already need to know some of this, right? And yeah, it's so new to me, right? So I had to let go of that, Um, and yeah, I had to let go of a a lot of things. But it was it was a struggle for me. Um, Some had it. Some writing comes very simple to them, but maybe organizing in a way that made sense, or you know, everybody had their unique areas of of challenges. But uh, for me, it was definitely having to let go of that, and it doesn't have to be perfect and um, yeah, just keeping who's my target, what do they need and how can I help? Like really kind of repeating that over and over and then taking lots of words and trying to shorten them. Oh yeah. That's a hard one. <laughs> we had a lot of texts in the several places. I'm like, oh, but I got to say all of this. And it's like, no, no, no. I just need to say enough that I can share. Hopefully my website shares and conveys what it is that I can do at a high level. But then I'm going to personalize it anyway. So once we talk, I'm going to be able to take and and translate all those skills and uh, work with somebody on a very specialized plan. Um, So yeah, it was definitely, definitely. I said I was wanting to learn.
0: I learned a lot. I said I wanted to grow. I grew a lot um, during this process. Well, one of the things I appreciate and have affirmed you this over and over again is just how great you are of raising your hand when things don't make sense, because then you give other people an opportunity to grow. I'm sure that you probably have done that in your career. So when you raise your hand and say, well, this process isn't working working for me, that gave me the chance to be able to reevaluate like, well, maybe the learning curve is a little bit much. And so um, one of the changes I've made to my copywriting process is because I, I resisted for a long time of offering copywriting as a service, because my, from my perspective is you got to be writing throughout your whole, the rest of your business. Mm-hmm. So this is this is the lifeblood. So use it now, you know, like this is your business to birth, you know, like learn nice. how to copy right now, it'll serve you later. But then I realized like there's plenty of chances to learn how to write content and all of that, but if the copy's holding up like launching the business, let's do something about it. So nice. I've added onto my team a copywriter who's amazing and she fixes up all of my website copy. You know, and I write website copy for a living, you know, so I'm pretty good at it for other people. And it sometimes it's just that outside perspective on yeah. choose this word over that word. Like just even seeing how she simplifies, simplify what I have on my website. She's been amazing. And I've seen what I've done the draft, kind of like I did a draft for you that you plus up. I might do a draft and she'll plus it up for a client. And I put these two next to one another. And just having even even a little bit, you know, somebody who just does the copywriting and that's their primary thing is a huge benefit, but really it's just having somebody who, from the outside who's going to be looking at it from a user perspective. Yes. That's, that's a challenge I think for all of us is when you're writing your own copy, you're still writing what you feel like everybody needs to hear and not see it from what do that person actually need to hear.
1: Absolutely. I think that's a great addition. And you're right. I, I definitely understood that, you know, I need to own my words and my business and my brand. Um, but you're right, having something or somebody who can look at it from that outside perspective, like that's what we do, right? As consultants, we say one of the things that we bring is our outside perspective mm-hmm. it is really helpful. And, and I used to say that all the time, like sitting down and handing somebody a blank piece of paper, even if you've given them some directions and some guidance, here's a blank piece of paper. Versus here's some paragraphs or here's some wording that you can go in and edit. You know, there were times when I just needed like for direction from you to say or somebody else to say, well, this didn't quite make sense. Well, then when I went back and looked at it because they gave me something specific to look at, it made it so much easier to go and say, oh, okay. And I think with each iteration, and I'm sure there's going to be more as I get more and more comfortable with it. And as I have more conversations with clients, I'm sure there's gonna be more editing that I'll be doing and more copying writing that I'll be doing. Um, but I think it was just kind of getting comfortable with that with that process. And you're right, I think each time you refine it, but that outside perspective is invaluable. So that'll be, that'll be a huge asset.
0: I also liked your mentioning of the hack around using the words from the surveys that you got, how important that market scan is and bringing that to the forefront. So it's like using that. It seems like on the whole, when it comes to your business development, there's it, it when things worked well for you is like really leading into your strengths. So it helped you to have partners and and collaborators like maybe like for me giving you a first draft or having my team create this. Website um, design for you, and having collaborators kind of like yes. work with you, which is what your business is all about. Versus a lot of people who sit and do a DIY. You probably never would have gotten to good results as a as a DIY DIY person because that's just not the way you're. Yeah, that's not the way you're right. wired. No, I recognized that
1: very early on. In fact, when I was talking with others about taking the step, there were some that were like, well, why don't you just, I mean, you can just create a website. You can just put something out there. You can just, and I'm like, no, 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 if I'm going to do it, I want to do it the right way to give myself the best chances. Um, and, and I think you're right. I think it's, it's having other people to work with. And I think that's also for anybody who's looking at starting their own business. It is a mind shift from being a, you know, I was one of a hundred employees, right. In an organization. And now I'm one. Um, yeah. So I do think, especially in areas where you're not as comfortable, you know, they always say, you know, to really mirror and the the mentors that you have mirror successful people and mirror others. And so I think by having a team and having others who are able to say, well, this is how you can go through the process. Here's what to watch out for. It does help you get there so much faster and uh, more efficiently by learning from others who have done it. Um, and so I do think that was really helpful to have some guidelines in place. Again, definitely for me, I'm a process person will always be a process person, but you know, to have some things in place rather than just guessing um, that's just not my, my style. And then again, having others to rely on that you could ask questions or bounce ideas off of. I've always said, I love talking issues out more than emailing back and forth anyway. So by having somebody that you could reach out to and say, Hey, this isn't making sense. Help me here. Or asking somebody else to review something. And does this make sense? Or um, having that team built in was was really positive.
0: I love that. I love the idea of having the team built in. But then what I was affirming it before, just seems like it's in every step of the way is like raising your hand when in expressing your needs, like recognizing like this isn't working for me and asking for what you need. I think a lot of times as consultants and coaches, like we are we're the, we're the worst at, at taking care of ourselves or taking yes. care of our own needs. And you've seemed like to do a really good job of being tuned into your needs. You know, is that just something that you've always been really good at and asking for your needs? Or is that something that you've learned over time?
1: I think that's something that I've developed. Um, in the past, I was actually, I probably was less likely to stand to. Ask, I mean, I've always asked questions because I always wanted to learn. So from that perspective, but asking for help and things has just been over time, because like you mentioned earlier, if I had the question or if I was struggling with it, probably there were other people who were struggling with it too, right? Um, and so just asking the questions and, you know, it's funny because I will always tell people that a lot of times, especially as a consultant, I'll have, I'll say, okay, I've got a mirror in front of me as I'm telling you what to do, because we have to remind ourselves to do the same things. And that's one thing I found with consulting is that you've got to make a, an environment, where people feel safe to speak up and to raise their hand, right? Because if you smile and nod at me, I'm gonna walk out thinking we're on the same page. And if you don't remember what we talked about, or maybe you got back and you weren't sure about it, if you don't come back, it's it's on you because you didn't come back and ask the question. You're not gonna keep asking, well, did you get it? Did you get it? You know, right. so trying to create those environments and, and I've seen how healthy that can be in an organization, in a family personal, whatever, I mean, look across your lives and anytime you you allow somebody to be able to do that, I think is very helpful. So
0: definitely something that I've uh, gained over the years. So I love that whole idea. And I also love the idea of what you're talking about is being congruent, where if this is what, you know, as a consultant, where this is, we bring our outside perspective, I need an outside perspective. If this is what I want for my clients, this is what I need to do for myself. So it's like having that congruence. Yes. Um, So speaking of your business and congruence, since alignment is a big part of what you do, where do people find you and what will they find when they get there? So can you share what your website address is and what will they find when they get on your website?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So my website is www.ReneeBronze.com. Can you spell bronze? I can. It's B as in boy, R-A-U-N-S as in Sam. So ReneeBronze.com, And I think what they'll find is a website that really speaks to them, especially if they know of somebody in the association space or of a group that they belong to or volunteer for that maybe they say doesn't look like they have everything or they could be doing better, they could be growing, whether it's a startup or not. I think they'll go to the site and I think they'll learn a lot about what skills are necessary, what challenges maybe they're already having and maybe some solutions that I can bring. Um, or at least have conversations with and I would love to have discovery calls with anybody who is curious about how they can build a stronger foundation to really take their organizations to the next level growing their membership growing their revenues um, and really serving serving the public so those are the things that they'll find on there is how I go about that but really it starts with just a simple discovery call so there
0: is there a link to your calendar There is a link to my calendar on the site um, so they can book a time with me for that. And so when somebody gets on a discovery call with you, what can they expect from that conversation?
1: Yeah. So what I'm going to want to find out is just really what are they looking for? What are some of their pain points? Where do they think they have things figured out? Uh, Where do they think that they need some help in? And we'll have conversations. And I'll really probe and ask a lot of questions about what their needs are. What's, again, really what's working, what's not. Um, and then we'll talk through what the next steps are. And what I'd like to do is I'll send back a conversation, our conversation. Um, so to make sure I'm understanding where they're, they're coming from. And then I'll put together a proposal with some options for them of either pieces of the, of the element or what I see as maybe a bigger strategy that might help them longer term. And it's really gonna be based on, it truly is customized. Um, so it's gonna be based on our conversations as far as how many options and, and what that looks like to really best meet their needs, assuming that you know we both determine that we're a fit, so it'll be a good conversation and really just give them a chance to brain dump in some respects, right? Of what of what they'd like to see,
0: and then I can come back and see if that's something that I can I can help them get to. So it sounds like it's a true discovery call and not a sales call. It sounds like it's Definitely. just going to be all about. That sounds yeah. great.
1: Definitely want to know what what they've got on their minds, what their goals are, uh, what their objectives are. Um, you know, just everything that I can. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot less about me and it's really going to be all about them um, and then
0: what we can do together. So if you were going to go back in time and you're going to talk to Renee, who's just starting out this process, what advice would you give that younger version of you? I would tell myself progress over perfection.
1: I would tell myself to give myself grace and that's be so hard on myself. Um, and I think just, you know, follow the process, uh, give myself the time and space and, um, own my strengths. That's
0: awesome. So is there anything else that you want to share about your experience, growing your business, starting your business, figuring out your strengths? And I just didn't ask you the right question.
1: No, thank you for, thank you for having me on and letting me have a chance to kind of reflect through the whole process. Um, I thank you for taking us through, starting with sort of that mindset, really understanding who your client is. Again, I was lucky. I I really had a good sense of that. Some people, that's their hardest part, um, is really understanding. They may got the copy, but they don't know that. So I think really walking through the steps of getting yourself, mindset, what you're doing, going into who your ideal client is, what you uniquely provide, um, and just that confidence along the way that, that we can do it, that we've been doing it. Um, And that it can be done and having and being able to having a team and being able to ask questions and speak up, um, I think would be the only thing I would say so it it was a good process and I'm
0: excited to uh, be getting it out soon so. And I I just you know as a wrap up too, going with strengths is the confidence that you what you want to do you have been doing. You know, that, that, that's going back to that broken record truth is the things I want to do, I am equipped to do. The things I want to do make sense. It's congruent. And that that makes all the difference. Well, best I of, I was, I'll
1: say, I think that's the key, right? Is really, whether it's finding your client, whether it's finding what you do, what services, what business you want to go to is is really is thinking about what, what do you want to get up in the morning and do? And what are you passionate about? And I know people have been saying that a lot. And some people roll their eyes at it, but it really is true if you stay congruent to that and you, you realize what makes you tick and what makes you happy and what you enjoy and what you lose time in, right? Those things that you just lose time in are usually the areas that you really want to lean into. So um, so that's been a great, it's been a great learning process, not just the business side and not just having a website, which is beautiful. Um, and I hope you all do take check it out, um, but also just that
0: whole process of learning and discovery that went along alongside it. That's wonderful. Well, I'm so excited to see what's next. It's been so much fun working with you and I hope we continue to work together. And um, let's keep in touch. I cannot wait to see what you're going to create through your business. Thank you so much. I appreciate all the support. Thank you for tuning in. If today's episode lit a fire on you, please rate and review enough already on Apple Podcasts or subscribe wherever you listen. And if you're looking for your next step, visit me on my website at betsyjordan.com and it's Betsy Jordan with a Y and you'll learn all about our end-to-end services that are custom designed to accelerate your success. Don't wait, start today.